0: Hello everyone, Alan Bolio from ITR Economics here. Thank you very much for the questions that came in after the ISBN seminar, webinar. Uh, I enjoy these questions a lot and they they really uh, help me to know what's important to the people out there, business leaders like yourselves. So let's begin with the first one. It has to do with inflation. And what is the impact of the skyrocketing national debt and its relationship to inflation? It's a series of questions on inflation. Let's answer that one first. Um, the impact is uh, delayed. I suppose is the best answer. Often it's thought of, and it's not unreasonable, by the way. It's kind of common economic theory. That when you see this kind of debt spending, massive influx of cash, that we're going to see inflation uh, kicking off. Uh, not the case this time. And one of the reasons why it appears to be the velocity of money, the velocity of money is not picking up. And that's often a uh, tip off that inflation is coming. It's not there. As I pointed out, I think I pointed out, uh, we're not seeing it in the CPI. And the easiest way that it was explained to me, because I like visuals, is that all this money coming in is filling a vast hole. You don't get to the inflationary pressures until the hole is filled in. And um, we're still climbing out of the hole. So you're not likely to see those inflationary pressures anytime soon. Uh, the impact is it's likely to cause inflation. We think it may be uh, a couple of years, uh, maybe even later. Uh, you know, a year from now, we'll see two, 2.5% two CPI. Um, but that's okay, the Fed won't move on that. They want an average CPI rate of over 2%. So a quarter or two, 2.5%, two I'm not gonna bother them. If they nudge interest rates in 2022 by. 25 basis points, not gonna matter. So you're not gonna see that inflation gets serious enough for the, Fred, the Fed to move interest rates, uh, we think anytime in the next 12 to 18 months. If they do, it'll be really marginal, uh, nothing to worry about. How does inflation affect personal savings and business operations? Well, business operations, it squeezes your bottom uh, line, your, mar- your profit margins, unless you can raise prices, because your input costs will increase with inflation probably especially wages uh in the time period we're talking about so it'll make you uh think of new ways to gain efficiencies or it'll push you to raise prices it all depends on who you are and what your business model is how does it affect personal savings well if you mean literally savings it uh ruins it if you have money in a bank uh earning you know less than a percent and inflation's at 1.7 you're automatically falling behind. If you're in a CD earning one and a half percent and inflation's up to two and a half percent, you're losing purchasing power every month. So it, it has a negative impact on personal savings. The thing you have to do is, is not use savings so literally, I suppose, Alan, and realize that savings can be investing. So as long as your investments are staying ahead of inflation, at least you're on the right path and you're gaining in some purchasing power as you go forward. So personal Planning for the future, you just wanna make sure your inflation adjusted assets are in vehicles that will return better than the rate of inflation as you go forward. Next question on inflation. What are the federal legislative and personal actions to combat inflation? Uh, The federal government doesn't have a lot to do with it. You can go back to Richard Nixon where he put in price controls, I suppose, but the reality is the federal government is just gonna enjoy some inflation because it means more, nominal dollars going into the federal copper they'll feel pretty good about that and they won't mind handing out raises and they won't mind the impact of, of inflation until it means higher interest rates and then it has a negative impact on the federal budget because of the cost of all the borrowing that's gone on uh, there's not much they're going to do about that uh, other than reap what they sow or create more currency to pay for the interest payments which is uh, eventually creating more inflationary pressure and Uh, Somewhat defeating. Uh, At the legislative level, there's not much they can do. They're going to be paying more out for pensions, Uh, so will the feds uh, because of colas that are attached to them, Um, and that makes their budgets uh, more sour. And at the personal level, which is where it's most important, in my opinion, you want to make sure you're invested in person inflation-adjusted assets. Uh, That would be real estate. That would be things that are tied to inflation or things that tend to do very well in periods of inflation. Um, And as you're into those areas, you will be protected from the inflationary pressure, certainly by and large. Will the Fed drive inflation on purpose to mitigate the debt load? If you mean the Federal Reserve Board, no, that's against their their edict, that's against their core mandates, uh, which is to keep inflation down and employment up. And if they drive inflation, it'll be antithetical to their mission. Uh, They may allow it, different word, to go higher than other Fed chairs and other Fed boards would allow it to go. That is certainly possible. Uh, And uh, mitigating the debt load, that would be a function of what the Treasury would like, and that would be a function of of what, therefore, the Congress of the United States might like. Uh, Not so much the Federal Reserve Board, unless they're in tune with what's going on in Treasury and Congress and want to be accommodative uh, to them. Is it possible that they will allow that inflation because it is, quote unquote, comfortable for the debt of the United States? The answer to that is yes. Let's wait and see who's the Fed chair at that time and what kind of signals they're sending out. Next topic is how much will the cost of doing business increase based on current administration's socialistic desires? Uh, Tough question because it's an unknown. We know that taxes are going up, so the cost of doing business as a C-Corp is going to be going up. The Biden administration is proposing a 28% corporate tax. He has not come out and said yet what he wants to do uh, definitively on non-C-Corp business entities, whether he will be looking to raise taxes there or not. I certainly hope not. I hope that, uh, there's the, that the 2017 uh, dealing with the flow-throughs remains in place. It's hard to know. Uh, The cost of uh, socialistic desires kind of speaks to me of a transfer of wealth. So that just means if you are making a lot of money, uh, you are likely to see the top marginal rate go up to 39.7%. So it's a marginal increase on the top marginal rate, but making enough money, it's certainly, you know, it's more than a couple dollars and it amounts amounts to something. And you may find uh, that California's wealth tax Gains more traction. If you're from California, you know what that is. If you're in Massachusetts, you may find that the millionaire's tax gains more traction. And if you're earning over a million in Massachusetts, you may end up may end up paying nine percent on that income instead of the current four percent. I mean, that, those things may be used because the drumbeat is loud and clear in those state legislatures I've just mentioned, and in others, uh, in Washington too. That Wealthy individuals and businesses must pay their, quote unquote, fair share. I don't think I showed you, but in the, in the latest year from which the Tax Policy Center has information available, the top uh, 50% of all taxpayers pay over 90% of all the taxes. Uh, the top 10% pay over 70% of all the taxes. So I, I recoil a little at the, at the use of the word fair, uh, but certainly that's the popular view is that it is not fair. Uh, so how will the cost of doing business increase in taxes maybe fees that would be uh, attached to you uh, and taxes to your landlord if you're renting mean higher rents as you go forward I mean there are different ways that it can come at you and you could find that the increase in minimum wage will affect you as we talked about depending on how you're paying uh, your team members now Uh, those are basically it in the long haul it's going to be a the current round that the president's looking at raising $2 trillion over the next 15 years to pay for his somewhat infrastructure bill is all aimed at C-corporations, and uh, to the extent that you're a C-corporation, you're not operating overseas, so your big thing is that you're likely to see your tax rate go up seven basis points. Next question, occupational licensing, and uh, whoever posited it, it was very nice to me, said if it's not an appropriate question, uh, there's no need to answer. And went on to explain it to me, which is very nice. And then it ends with, what are the macroeconomic arguments to reform licensure that you would make to policymakers?" Uh, you know, that's a, that one was a real fascinating question to me because I'd not run across it before. So whoever asked about the occupational licensing, thank you for the new fodder and the new information you provided in the sentences in between the beginning and the end there. I think I would make the uh, argument that, uh, by providing this, this need for 1,000, 2,100 hours and not having reciprocal licensing uh, agreements between states and all the rest of that, you're really limiting the workforce's ability to make a good living. Uh, you're, you're adding uh, roadblocks uh, to that process. And as you're adding roadblocks, it seems antithetical to the stated goal of uh, getting people into good paying jobs and letting them use their skills in the way that they wanna use them and if uh, from a macroeconomic argument, I would uh, say that that's your biggest play is to say, look, people wanna do this. Uh, we're making it more expensive and more difficult than it, than it needs to be. Uh, we need laborers. You want people to work, let's work together on this. And then at the same time, you could talk about how the training that they would get OJT or otherwise is certainly on business, not on the government, and you're saving tax dollars. Hope that helps. Work of classification, same as above, uh, It says parenthetically, this is another labor market issue. I don't know if it's the same person. I assume so. While states grapple with ride-sharing and gig work, our industry has had chair rentals for decades. We certainly have. Uh, Could we be poised for a new version of the Roaring Twenties? It seems like it was a statement more than a question, that first part. But it made me think that the federal uh, government, the IRS, excuse me, has been uh, making a plain that they're they don't like 1099 and uh, contract workers very much in terms of uh, that status they just assume know that they are employees so you have to be careful about the contracts you have to be careful about the hours you have to be careful about the work restrictions the work mannerisms the if you have say over the work all kinds of things seem to be coming into being and i say that because of, of personal experience not here at itr but in my wife's business and uh, more and more, we're finding we have to be careful about that 1099 because our accountant warned us that the penalties for counting somebody as 1099, when in fact the IRS looks at them as W2, W-2 employees, uh, is severe and nothing that we want to play with. Uh, then it goes on, could we be poised for a new version of the Roaring Twenties? Yes, absolutely, we're, we're poised for that. Now, let's discuss Roaring Twenties. Roaring 20s does not mean un, unimpeded economic growth. There, there were two uh, recessions in the roaring 20s, and uh, we're going to have another one coming. In the year 2026, if you want to circle it on your calendar, that's when we're forecasting that GDP will go in, into a recession. Not, not steep on a GDP basis, but nevertheless a real recession. Uh, so just like the roaring 20s, there's a, there are recessions. And also in the Roaring Twenties, there, unheav- there was social unrest and, and change. We had the flappers. We had prohibition. We had people moving from the country into the city. This time around, maybe the city to the country. We have millennials uh, coming to power, which means there will be social change, cultural change. Uh, this will be a lot like the Roaring Twenties that way. And also that it will be a feel-good decade, especially, I think, the second half. Because as, feel- as we feel good, it makes it easy to ignore the problems. And when we ignore the debt problems, I mean, the inflation and, and, and how much debt is on individuals, government and, and businesses and what interest rate rise is going to do, we'll just pass it off, we'll just raise prices and inefficient entities will say, oh, it's okay, I'm, I'm raising prices and, and my profits are still good and it, it covers a whole bunch of sins. All that's just going to be just like the Roaring Twenties, which leads us to the 2030, uh, uh-oh, wish I had seen that coming. Okay, next question is, how much of unemployment is caused by people choosing not to work due to government largesse with multiple stimuli? Impossible to tell. Uh, I've not seen a survey on that, and uh, I did look at the, uh, the numbers and try to see if I could backdoor an answer to that, and, and I could not. I can only go anecdotally. In our client base, we hear it all the time. Uh, anecdotally, in my wife's business, she hears it all the time. Uh, from uh, different people she does business with. And, and it is an issue. And with the unemployment stimul- federal unemployment being extended through Labor Day at $300 a week, it certainly adds to uh, that issue. I cannot answer the how much, I can tell you that it is an issue. Um, and there is no easy fix for that issue. Obviously, if you raise wages to that extent, it's uh, tough on the bottom line. And if you don't hire people, it's tough on the bottom line. And it's very hard to compete against the federal government and human nature. Which, again, you know, I've referenced Atlas Shrugged in the past. Uh, It rears its head here as well. Next question is, can you or your team provide the Excel template so we can efficiently calculate our individual changes, three-month moving average, 12-month trailing, et cetera? The answer is yes, Uh, we do provide it. Go to our website and... Uh, do the free data cast, it's 30 days of free data cast, you'll see everything that you wanna see, you'll learn everything you wanna learn. It's not the uh, template but it's built in where you just put in your numbers and it does the rest for you and compares you to the things that are in our ITR trends report. And you'll uh, love it and you'll use it or you won't love it and you won't use it, that's entirely up to you but it's a 30 day test drive and you can learn a lot about your business in 30 days. And then you can also go to our website, and see that there's videos on how to do it. There's written words on how to do it. Uh, I don't remember hearing that we're still sending out the template. I think we have actually stopped that, but we provide you everything you need to set it up. It's certainly not difficult in Excel, and I think the step-by-step instructions are on our website. Certainly, Datacast does it for you. If you go to our website, you're going to see a pop-up, and that pop-up is Ann. She is is real. She's a real, really nice person. As a matter of fact, ask Ann. And she will let you know uh, the best path. And if we actually still do that for folks who are not, I'm sorry, but I just don't know. Number seven says, you mentioned expecting smart money to hold steady and retain unrealized gains until the next administration of capital gains rates reach the top proposed rate of 40%. What is your expectation for business owners, baby boomers who are planning to retire before the four to eight year time horizon and are sitting on substantial unrealized capital gains from their business growth? Does the M&A market spike in the Q3, Q4, 21 in anticipation of that, along with the continued low rates to borrow capital? Are we gonna see a spike because of low capital? Because of uh, the, the threat, if you will, of those much higher capital uh, taxes, capital gains taxes? The answer is sure, yeah, you're gonna see some more activity in through there. Uh, I, I think you will. I think you're gonna find people who are being told by investment bankers, don't wait. Uh, make sure you get it done now. Uh, but you have to balance that off against the increased value of, to your company if you do wait. Uh, with inflationary pressures coming, if you're well positioned in a good position financially, you could find your sales going up and your profits going up, and therefore the value of your company going up. Uh, so it really depends on how you are sit and settled and, and how you have to, to cash out. If you need to cash out because of where you are, would it make sense to go to an internal stock chain, uh, stock sale? Would it make sense to go ESOP? Would it make sense to uh, do something along those lines where you can have different tax implications, where you can do it through time and, and spread out the pain? I mean, t- see your tax advisor. That's certainly not me. But if you have to do it, yeah, you're going to do it in uh, late 21. tax. Later on this year, we'll know whether you can even wait until 22. I'm on the fence about that. And we'll see what happens. Watch your earnout. So, if you're in for a three-year earnout, and a lot of small businesses are subject to that three-year earnout, remember what I said about 26. And that uh, this business goes down in 26. And if your EBITDA goes down in 2026 because of a recession that involves consumer spending, then your earnout's just not going to be there. So, just make sure that's part of your mindset if you go to sell. Of course, if you do it. Uh, deal uh, late 21, uh, 22, 23, 24, you're looking good. If you wait till later, uh, you, you get hurt with 26. All right, last question. Uh, it has to do with the chart I showed where uh, the uh, S&P 500, the share prices were going up, but profits were flat and the gap between the two. And, and I'm concerned about that gap. And the fact is that uh, as you looked on that chart, and you can go further back in history, prices come down to meet the green line. The green line does not go up to meet the, the blue line. Uh, and for me, it's, it's as simple as that. But the question is a good one. It's a thought-provoking one. It says, and uh, the assumption or the theory is posited here that perhaps the gap uh, between the two makes sense because interest rates are so low and the stock market as an asset is worth more than nominal dollars. Uh, I, it's possible. I will certainly give you that. I think the prices have a lot more to do, though, with the propping up that has occurred uh, by the Federal Reserve Board and by the stimulus packages and by the bailing out and those things, rather than just the low interest rates. I, I, I like your theory, and I'm certainly not going to throw it out the window, but I think it's, it's more complicated than that. And then the question came out, uh, isn't it possible the gap really only affects the low interest rate? which means higher multiples. Uh, it may, uh, to your point, yes, but we've also looked into multiples and, and multiples are different in different segments of the economy and service and manufacturing, et cetera. Uh, and it's more than just interest rates. If it was that easy, I could forecast multiples, but it is multifactorial. And it has to do with expectations of a, of a longer sort than just today's interest rates. Um, So I'd be careful about uh, that tighter relationship. I understand the relationship, but I've not found it to be that linear or that tight uh, that I necessarily wanna hang my hat up there. And as I thought about your question, and I do like the question a lot, I still come down to, I'm gonna go with history on this one and think that there is trouble brewing in the stock market or optimizer's not signaling it. Uh, Just yesterday or the day before was coming out saying things are looking pretty good. Uh, The reality is, um, I still think there's a danger out there, and that's a uh, bubble uh, more than something that is uh, safe because interest rates are low, and that you do not have to worry until interest rates go up would be the assumption that I made. All right, that's the questions. I thank you for them. I hope uh, you've enjoyed hearing the answers. I hope that it helps you, and uh, I wish you well in your businesses. Uh, Good industry, good prospects. Uh, Traffic flow is going to be picking up. Your customers are going to be coming in. Don't forget the technology. Don't forget to invest in yourself. And don't forget the culture of your business and um, what it means to your hiring potential as you go forward. All extremely important to your future. But overall, I think you're in a good place. It's going to be awful hard to see AI and automation replace you. Good luck. Be well. Talk to you soon.